Chapter 6, Modern Prophecy, Echoes of the Past If the idea of catastrophism, the cataclysmic instigation of cosmic and terrestrial change, is a correct principle, and if Velikovsky's cosmological explanation for the cause of such change is also correct, then we must expect these theories to conform not only to ancient scripture, but to modern revelation as well. A Great Sign while speaking at the April Conference of the Church in Nauvoo, 1843, the prophet Joseph Smith made a statement which, in the light of Velikovsky's thesis, is most interesting. Quote, it is not the design of the Almighty to come upon the earth and crush it and grind it into powder. There will be wars and rumors of war, signs in the heaven above and on the earth beneath. Uh, the sun turned into darkness and the moon to blood. Earthquakes in diverse places, the seas heaving beyond their bounds. Then will appear one grand sign of the Son of Man in heaven. But what will the world do? They will say it's a planet, a comet, etc. End quote. Perhaps the most obvious aspect of this statement is that the comet or planet, the cause, is directly associated with the signs of destruction, the effects. It is interesting to note that the signs enumerated by the prophet, the sun turning dark, the moon turning red, earthquake, oceans sweeping over the land masses, are identical to the phenomena associated with the events of the Exodus which Velikovsky attributed to just such a planet-like comet. According to Joseph Smith, when the planet or comet appears, the world will refuse to recognize it as a sign. How could a comet or planet elicit any special notice or comment unless it were doing the unexpected, the unusual? Since Joseph Smith referred to it as a great sign, it may be safe to suppose that it will be somewhat spectacular. And what could be more spectacular than another planet or comet passing within a very short distance from the Earth? Where might it come from? A clear perspective of the solar system and its components may be of aid in understanding where such a comet-like planet may come from. Compared to some of the large distant planets, the Earth moves in an orbit very near the Sun. The furthest away is a planet um, no. The further away a planet is from the Sun, the longer its orbit. The most distant known planet, Pluto, has not even completed an orbit since astronomers first discovered it nearly 200 years ago. It is the same with so-called long-period comets. Their elliptical orbits carry them far beyond Pluto before returning them once again to the Sun. Scientists have identified almost all of the short-period comets because their smaller orbits bring them within sight of the Earth once or twice every century. But there may be many long-period comets which are unknown to modern man because they only visit our part of the solar system once every thousand years or more. Although it may seem unlikely, it is not improbable that a long-period comet could enter our part of the solar system from deep space. Presumably, astronomers would detect it once it drew close enough, perhaps within the orbit of Pluto or Uranus. It would be normal for scientists to say, much as Joseph Smith indicated, that it's only a comet or a planet, unexpected but behaving normally. It is well known that the orbits of Uranus and Pluto intersect. These two bodies could conceivably perturb one another, upsetting the equilibrium that exists at present in the solar system. Also equally feasible is the probability that one of the larger planets will again eject a large body into the solar system as Jupiter did Venus in the past, according to Velikovsky. Perhaps it will occur due, due, occur due to a combination of such events. The point is, the mechanism for such a planetary encounter is already in place and such a thing could occur according to natural law. Important Terminology 
It is also interesting to note that according to the prophet's statement, there will be some confusion as to whether the great sign is a comet or a planet. This would seem to indicate that the large body, uh, that the body will be large like a planet, and yet look and behave like a comet. Most comets are chunks of space debris, whose origin is not clearly understood. The largest are only a few miles in diameter. Yet Velikovsky's intruder was planetized, even though it looked and behaved like a comet, leading to some confusion in terms. Yet this apparent confusion of terms serves in reality as an excellent description of the intruding body, since it had the characteristics of both a comet, because of its tail and its elliptical orbit, and a planet because of its size. The statements by the Prophet Joseph Smith also gives a clear indication of the nature of the great sign, for he used both the term comet and the term planet. Hints in Modern Revelation Another interesting aspect of the statement made by the Prophet is the initial reference to the fact that it is not the design of the Almighty to come to the earth and crush it and grind it to powder. The Lord has declared that were Elijah not to come, the whole earth would be utterly wasted at his coming. We may take heart that Elijah has come and that the Lord does not wish to destroy the earth. Nevertheless, it is clear that the upheavals to attend his coming will be devastating. An apparent indication of the validity of the idea of future catastrophe comes from the Lord's reply to the prophet's prayer while the prophet was in Liberty Jail. At that time, the Lord informed the prophet of the impending condemnation of the wicked and the fact that God hath set his hand and sealed to change the times and seasons. How, we might ask, could such a change be wrought about? Could the earth's rotation be, or declination be altered? Perhaps the length of its orbit around the sun could be changed. In our day, season follows season, and the hours of the day are the same year after year. It would seem that it has always been so, for we have known nothing else. Yet, if we have lived anciently, in the day of the Lord's wrath, we might have experienced just such a change. Major Changes Coming According to Velikovsky, many ancient sources recorded that the seasons had been changed. The winter is come as summer, the months are reversed, and the hours are disordered. Another source declared that the breath of the heaven is out of harmony. The four seasons do not observe their proper times. And yet another states that the thickened air concealed <clears throat> the heaven from view, and the stars were confused with a disorderly huddle of fire and moisture, and violent fluxions of winds. The sun was not fixed to an unwandering and certain course so as to distinguish Orient or Occident, nor did he bring back the seasons in order. Finally, an ancient text from Mexico states that the order of the seasons was altered at that epoch. Velikovsky explained that, quote, While the fall of the Egyptian Middle Kingdom and the Exodus, one of the great world ages, came to its end, the four quarters of the earth were displaced, and neither the orbit nor the poles nor, probably, the direction of rotation remained the same. The calendar had to be adjusted anew. The astronomical values of the year and the day could not be the same before, and after an upheaval in which, as quoted Papyrus uh, Anastasi IV says, the months were reversed and the hours disordered, end quote. Thus it seems natural that the Lord should inform Joseph Smith that one of the changes incident to the second coming is to be an alternation in the times and seasons. The beginning of the millennium will undoubtedly be remembered as the end of one world age and the beginning of another. 
the end of peace. Furthermore, in the first section of the Doctrine and Covenants, the Lord declares that the hour is not yet, but the nigh at hand, when peace shall be taken from the earth. This revelation was received in 1831. Of course, the Civil War was as yet future, as were two world wars and innumerable other wars. But incessant wars have plagued the earth for centuries. It almost seems unreasonable for the Lord in 1831 to speak of taking peace from the earth when there had been no peace to speak of for centuries. War would be nothing new, even the terrible destruction of modern warfare. What, then, was he speaking of? It is very likely that he was referring to the cataclysms associated with the return of the Savior. This planet and its inhabitants have enjoyed a prolonged period of peaceful continuance wherein nothing has disrupted the day-in-day-out rotation of the planets for centuries. The prophesied destructions would bring an end to the Earth's quiet existence. If the times and seasons are to be changed, then the accompanying disruptions would certainly take peace from the Earth. These two statements made by the Lord to Joseph Smith are not simply poetic phrases. They are indicative of two of the manifestations of the disruption caused by the great sign. Such seemingly simple poetic phrases can be found throughout scripture, and they are easily overlooked or misunderstood. Modern Revelation Of course, the Doctrine and Covenants contains numerous warnings and descriptions of latter-day destructions, but given Velikovsky's thesis, the phenomena spoken of in this passage of the Doctrine and Covenants seem more comprehensible. Quote, For not so many days, no, for not many days hence, and the earth shall tremble and reel to and fro as a drunken man, and the sun shall hide his face, and shall refuse to give light, and the moon shall be bathed in blood. And the stars shall become exceedingly angry, and shall cast themselves down as a fig that falleth from the fig tree. And after your testimony cometh wrath and indignation upon the people, for after your testimony cometh the testimony of earthquakes, that shall cause groanings in the midst of her. And men shall fall to the ground, and shall not be able to stand. And also cometh the testimony of the voice of thunderings, and the voice of lightnings, and the voice of tempest, and the voice of the waves of the sea heaving themselves beyond their bounds. And all things shall be in commotion, and surely men's hearts shall fail them. For fear shall come upon all people, and immediately there shall appear a great sign in heaven, and all people shall see it together. End quote. The clarity and accuracy of this description is remarkable. Perhaps nowhere else in scripture is there a better catalog of the phenomena occur, occasioned by a planetary close encounter. This passage even refers to the great sign which Joseph Smith indicated would be called a comet, a planet. Even the admonition of the Lord to watch for his advent in heaven carries a similar reminder of what will occur just before he appears again. Quote, Wherefore be not deceived, but continue in steadfastness, looking forth for the heavens to be shaken, and for the earth to tremble, and to reel to and fro as a drunken man, and for valleys to be exalted, and for mountains to be made low, and for the rough places to become smooth, and all this when the angel shall sound his trumpet." Restored Knowledge and Affirmation Notwithstanding its clarity and simplicity, the Doctrine and Covenants and other modern revelation contain the same metaphors used by the prophets of old. Attempting to understand revelation without a clear concept of the meaning of prophetic metaphors is to attempt the impossible. As with all such parables, there is more meaning than that which is apparent on the surface. Therefore, the more enlightened we are, the more meaning we will find in the parables of prophecy. See also Appendix C.